So how'd y'all small groups go? Good. 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 All right. So over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about missions. Uh, what do you guys think of usually when you think of missions, like missionaries? What do you think of? Africa. Africa. Exactly. My point. Right? Because a lot of times what we do is whenever we think about missionaries and we think about missions and doing things for other people, we think we have to go to Africa or we have to go to Haiti or we have to go to, you know, wherever. You know, we have to go down and, and find some poor country and serve that country. And that's what missions are. But we're going to look at this a little bit different. That's a big part of it, but it doesn't start there. And that's what we're going to learn tonight because tonight we're going to talk about the church. And how missions begins in the church, how it begins with servanthood within our own body of believers, right? So missions can start in this room is where that begins. And I want you to understand that. So let's open up in prayer and then um, we're going to get going. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this night. Thank you for um, our small group talks. And God, I pray that you would just be with that ministry as we try to get that started. I pray that you would just move in it and help us to grow in that. And Lord, I pray that you would just be with us over the next 15 or 20 minutes. Um, help us to learn something about you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. And yes, I'm going to try to keep this under 20 minutes. Good luck, right? So here we go. Um, in case you got here late, the plan is from now on, we're going to start at 640. We're going to start with cafe, and then you're going to break off in your small groups for small group discussion, then come back in here, and we're going to have worship, all right? So Acts chapter 2. Hopefully you've already read this in your small groups. Um, this past Monday, Carson turned six years old. Yeah. Way to go, Carson. Like, how awesome is it that I kept a kid alive for six years, right? Or Brandy kept a kid alive for six years, right? Ken fills me. Hey, that's an accomplishment. He's still living well, and he's six years old. But we went to Gatlinburg because he loves to swim, so what else to do than go to Gatlinburg and get um, a hotel that has an indoor pool so we can swim? But on Monday, we, we went up there Sunday after Sunday school and, you know, swam all day on Sunday and, and got up on Monday morning and we decided we were going to go do stuff. So we went and did some stuff, like we went and played laser tag and we went and rode go-karts and we went to Shoney's and we did all this fun stuff, right? Um, y'all know y'all love Shoney's breakfast? Next youth event is Shoney's breakfast. But the point is, the point of this story is that we went go-kart riding, and we were riding on this track, and evidently people don't usually go go-kart riding in uh, mid-February in Gatlinburg because there wasn't hardly anyone there. So we waited on some people to get on this track for us to go ride these go-karts, and there was maybe like five or six people, and one of them was this little, probably 10-year-old girl. You know, it's not a big deal. You don't think of a 10-year-old girl being um, painful or can inflict harm on your body until you're sitting um, after the race is over in line and you know she's the only one left on the track and you are the last one in line, therefore she has to park behind you, right? 
It doesn't end well. Ten-year-old girls have no concept of break or slow down or anything. It's pedal to the metal until I hit something that stops me, which happened to be me. No, I wasn't standing. I had taken my seatbelt off, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, and it's like, right? And, and this is what I did. Right? And then realized it was a 10-year-old girl. And I looked at her, and I had serious considerations of sharing my mind with her at the moment, but then I rem- remembered, 10-year-old girl. Be nice to the 10-year-old girl. I had serious considerations of drop-kicking the 10-year-old girl, throat-punching the 10-year-old girl after drop-kicking her, and then throwing her in the dumpster, right? I was, I, it's just how I felt at the moment. But then I realized, and I thought about it, that's not the Christian way to carry myself. And here's the problem with how we usually carry ourselves. We're so big on the missions. We're so big into caring about people. We'll share Facebook status all day long of someone that's been through pain, and and we'll say, pray for this person. But the moment that one of our own members within our own body of believers does something that we don't agree with, maybe they do something that's completely against God's word, we drop kick them, and then we kick them while they're down right like that's what we do and scripture tells us otherwise listen here's the big idea as illustrated by the first believers god designed the church to be a group of people who love each other just as they are loved by god like it we aren't told by scripture to to love each other just like others love us it says to love each other i need to love Peyton, I need to love Ty just like God loves me, right? And we see that in Acts chapter 2. And I want you to understand, at this point in time, the church is just beginning, right? Like Jesus has just given himself on the cross for our sins, and they're starting the church. It's a brand new thing. It's a brand new concept, this whole grace thing, this whole mercy thing, this whole church thing. And this is how they built the church. And we see it in Acts 2, verse 42 through 47. I want you to notice, number one, if we're going to start our missions within the church, within our own church body, um, we've got to understand that Christians grow together. Everybody say grow. Grow. Right? Christians grow together. Listen to this. Verse 42 says this. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. So here the Christians had two focuses in this passage. Number one, they were focused on understanding God's Word. In verse 42, it says... They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? Like they were devoted on, um, they were focused on understanding God's word. They were continually 
reading the apostles' teaching. They were continually reading God's word. And then at the end of verse 42, it says, and to prayer. They were continually praying to God. They were continually praying together. It wasn't this single thing because they're embarrassed to pray in front of people. Um, It wasn't this weird thing where they were embarrassed to pray together, to be seen praying, so they only pray in their bedrooms. No, scripture says that they came together, they got their Bibles out, and they read their Bibles to learn what the apostles were teaching, to learn what God was saying, and then they prayed together, right? You see, they were focused on their growth in Christ together, but then secondly, they were focused on fellowshipping together, and I love this one. We love this one. This is our favorite thing, fellowshipping. See, a lot of times you think of fellowship, fellowship hall. We get together, we eat fried chicken, we eat you know, mashed potatoes and macaroni that was cooked last night, and it's kind of warmed up, and it's kind of awkward because it's a little stiff. It's not creamy anymore, right? Anybody else feel that way? Yeah. Still good. You can tell who the true Southern Baptist girl is in the group. <laughs> I don't care if, if it's crusty macaroni, it's still good. <laughs> it's okay. Brandy's the same way. So believers literally, listen, it says they, were fe- they would fellowship and break bread. So the believers literally would come together and remember what Jesus Christ did for them. They made it a priority to remember what Jesus did and how he loved them. You see, but my favorite thing about this whole thing of them growing together, you see the things, the fellowship where we come together and we hang out and we play games and we go on trips and we do all this stuff. That's called fellowship. That's spending time together. They they would break bread together. They would eat together. They would remember what Jesus did for them. They would do all those things together. They would grow closer together. But then if you take those things and what it says is those things are sandwiched in between reading God's word and then prayer. So you've got your growth together, like we're growing together. Me and Ken are growing together. Our relationship is getting stronger. Me and Jed are getting to know each other. We're getting to to build a stronger love for each other because we're growing together. We're fellowshipping together. But that doesn't work if if we don't surround that with reading God's word, our relationship, and then prayer. You see, that, that, that relationship between me and Jed's strongest, it's at its strongest point when it's surrounded with God's word and prayer. You see, whenever we start building our relationships within this youth group and, and we, we create an atmosphere around it made of prayer and made of God's word, your relationships, your friendships, your dependency on each other is stronger than it will ever be. And we don't get that because we fail to read God's word. We fail to pray. You see, it makes it tough. To build a godly friendship when there's no prayer and when there's no scripture involved. Like that's important for us to understand. You see the early church, they knew that. They knew that if they were going to reach the world, if they were going to make a difference in the world, then their relationships within themselves have to be surrounded with prayer and scripture. That's how they grew together. But then secondly, and in verse 45 through 46, we see that Christians give together. And I want you to really grasp this because this is huge. 
Like, this is something that we would, like, if I were to give you this idea and say, hey, let's do this as a youth group, you guys would look at me like I'm an idiot. You'd look at me like I'm a 10-year-old girl that just ran into the back of you, right, (laughs) without your seatbelt on. Verse 45, it says this, and they began selling their property and possessions. Listen, and they began selling, like literally, they had a big yard sale, and they said, hey, come buy all of our stuff, okay? So they started selling all their property, all their possessions, all their Xboxes, all their Playstations, all of their iPads, all of their extra clothes that they don't need, all the extra boots that they don't need, all of their extra vehicles that they don't need, their hats, their glasses, their fashion things, their TVs, their VCRs, their Blu-rays, their whatever, right? All their stuff. They sold all their stuff for this reason. And they were sharing them. Listen, they were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. So they literally took everything that they had, everything that they owned, and they said, listen, this is how this church thing is going to work. Like We're going to sell all of our stuff, and we're going to take and say, okay, who, who's in need here? So that, that's like all of it. Listen, Carson's worst punishment is whenever we take his iPad away. He hates life. I'm pretty sure he would rather me punch him in the face than me take his iPad away. Right, So that's like all of us taking all of our iPads, all of our stuff, all of the stuff you enjoy, and saying, hey, we're going to sell this, and then we're going to make everybody on an even plane in this youth group. Everybody's going to be able to dress the same. Uh, Not necessarily look the same, but everyone's going to have the same quality clothing. Everyone's going to be able to eat the same quality food. Because we're going to get rid of all this junk we don't need. And we're going to lift each other up. Right? You see, they gave together. They were humble. They were, they were servants together. See, and we're missing that part. Not only are we missing the growth together, but we'll never reach the missions aspect of our walk with Christ until we learn to give up on some of these things. Right? Like, you want to be completely honest? Um, I probably play a little bit too much Xbox right now. <laughs> yes, I'm 31 and I enjoy playing Xbox. I love games. I'm, I'm like the most competitive person that you know, but the problem is my body has reached a point where I can't be competitive anymore, so I resort to video games. <laughs> right, Ken? <laughs> Ken's laughing at me, but he gets it. <laughs> right? I will try my hardest, but we'll have open gym. When Ken's heart gets to where we can, we're going to have open gym. And me and Ken are going to wear you out two or three times up and down the court, and then we're walking together. We had open gym last year for a while, and that's how it always worked. We ended up playing adults versus students. And we would be, we'd play to 10, and we would dominate. We were up 7 to 0 every single time, but then we were winded, and we lost. 10 to 8 every time, right? 
See, listen, it's like taking and giving up all that stuff because, because are there times when maybe we're playing Xbox instead of reading God's word when God says, hey, I want you to be reading my word. There's something that I need to share with you right now. There's a situation, maybe someone's going to approach you with something and you need to be mentally prepared. You need to be in God's word so that you're prepared to handle that situation. Maybe it's a friend at school. Maybe it's one of your parents. Maybe it's a peer at church and, and you need to be prepared. You you need to be strong in God's word in your prayer life. But here's the problem. You spent too much time on Snapchat last night when God was saying, hey, I want you to open up to, to Acts chapter 2 and see what I have to tell you about building relationships with each other. So you're not prepared to handle that situation because you spent too much time on Snapchat. Like, isn't that a shame? Like, think about that. Like, what if, what if God wants to start a huge mission in our church where we see homeless people all over Chattanooga, all over the South, and, and we provide for them, and we provide for the needy, but we miss that calling because we were on our phones too much, or because we were playing Xbox too much, right? You see, the early church, they gave together, but then lastly, we're almost done. Christians gained together. Gained. That, like, look at this, verse 47. It says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Here's the thing. They didn't go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. They went to church every single day. And it says that the Lord, because of their dedication to God's word, because of their dedication to a strong prayer life, because of their dedication to each other, day by day, they continued to grow, right? Because they, they, they saw those gains together. They, they grew not only in relationship and in Christ, but in numbers because people saw what God was doing in their lives. And here's the problem is people look at our lives and we look the exact same as the rest of the world, even though God says, hey, you should look a little bit different. But we don't. So mission number one, where, where does mission start? Where does it begin? It begins right here in this room, in this core group of people, right? It begins with, with me and, and Jamie and Cherie and Brandy and Ken and Jed being prepared for our small group discussions so we can pour our knowledge into your life, so we can pour our relationships in your life, and you coming to church, being prepared to grow in Christ, being prepared to lift each other up, being prepared to support each other, and then we take what's going on in here and we pour it out into this community, but here's the thing is it starts right here. It doesn't start in Haiti. It doesn't start in a homeless shelter. It doesn't start, uh, you know, in a starving kid's home in somewhere in South Georgia, right? It starts right here in this room right now, and it starts with a ded dedication to God and a dedication to each other, to lift each other. Just last week, I posted on Facebook, and, and it was a serious thing, right? And it was really hard for me. There's a few things that really bother me and I you know I have a few things that I'm you know kind of insecure about and and one of those things is my diabetes I don't like talking about it 
Like, like completely upfront with you, I don't like talking about it all. It's depressing to me. Like I've literally struggled with that before because, and if you've been around diabetes and you see what diabetes does, you would get it. You see, but my problem is, is when, when I shut that off, when I, when I kind of turn that off, um, I, also, I also turn off my, my willingness to work at it. So I did something that I never thought I would do, and it, it was really embarrassing for me. But I just put it out there, and I said, listen, I need help. Right? And just by doing that, by, by making myself accountable, by saying to however many hundred people may have seen that on Facebook, saying, hey, listen, I need you to help me. I need you to call me out if you see me eating a Milky Way because... Everybody knows a brother loves a Milky Way, right? Like, I need you to help me out when, it, when you see me drinking. Um, how many of y'all know what my weakness is? Diet Mountain Dew. I said, I need you to help me. I'm not going to complete, completely quit, but I need to drink more water. I need to do this. I need to do that. Listen, I hit my weakness head on, and I said, this is what I need. Well, some of us need to look down deep in our, in our lives right now, and we, we need to say, here's my weakness. I need to find someone to keep hold me accountable. I need to have a friend who's going to be honest with me and say, hey, um, Chris, you don't need that right now. Each of you need a prayer partner, right? I know it sounds old. It sounds like an old person thing to do, but there's nothing wrong with Chase and Savannah getting together and saying, hey, listen, let's hold each other accountable. Let's text each other each night and say, hey, don't forget to pray. What can I pray for you? Right? There's nothing wrong with you guys getting together and saying, hey, let's hold each other accountable. Let's make sure we read a Bible verse every night. That's how you grow stronger. That's how we grow in Christ. Let's lock. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day and um, for this opportunity to come together. God, I pray that you would just put a, a heart of missions, a desire for missions within our heart. And that doesn't mean going somewhere. And it doesn't mean, you know, moving away, God. It, it starts right here. God, it starts with a desire to see people come to you, to see people come to know you as their Lord and Savior, to, to, to make a difference in people's lives, a positive difference, to make a positive impact in people's lives, God. And I pray that you would just place that desire in each one of these students' hearts, in each one of these leaders' hearts, God, that we would live to serve you and serve you alone, God. Lord, I pray that Snapchat wouldn't get in the way, and I pray that Xbox wouldn't get in the way, and, and, and Facebook, and Instagram, and all these things, boyfriends and girlfriends, all these things that get in the way of our growth in your name. God, I pray that we would, we would place those in their, their spots that you've got for them, God. But God, that you would be number one in our lives, and reading scripture, and, and our prayer life would be important to us. God, I pray you would just be with us as we go from here. Keep us strong, God. Help us to make right decisions, good decisions, positive decisions, and, and bring us back Sunday morning for, for learning about your name. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.